Hello, and welcome to the Family Go and Grow podcast. This is a somewhat different episode than normal in that this is for the parents, um, most specifically for the moms. But dads, if you're listening along, don't worry. I don't think it'll be a waste of your time. Um, for those of you who don't know me, because we do have some listeners who are from beyond just my church, my name is Jill. Um, I'm the Children's Ministries Director at the Grove Church in Albany, Oregon. Um, my family consists of my husband, Nolan, who's a civil engineer for our city. Um, and then I have our son, Jace, who is almost 10, and he is a fourth grader, and our daughter, Reese, who is seven and a first grader. Um, today, I loved getting to speak at a mom's group in a town nearby and share with them about this idea of trading chaos for contentment. And after um, sharing all the thoughts and sitting at a table group and discussing things um, on my way home, I just kept thinking, oh, I wish I could share this with more people because I loved what I learned in the process of prepping for this. Um, it kind of sums up a lot of what I've learned in my almost 10 years as a mom. And I felt like in our discussion, it also summed of a lot of what I've observed in other moms who are doing some awesome things and growing in their faith while also feeling like they struggle. Because let's be honest, we all pretty much feel that way. Um, so I was just thinking through like, maybe I could do a podcast episode with the Family Grow, Go and Grow podcast because it all kind of works together. Um, and then I was recording this week's episode from our story in elementary this week. And what do you know, the memory verse is the same as what I was teaching out of today. So I felt like that was just God saying, just go for it, do it. Um, so thanks for joining in. If you're listening along, um, this is just me and I'm talking and I'm sharing a lot and I don't even think I'll edit this. So it'll be pretty imperfect and I might flub, but that's okay. Um, so with all this shifting of decades, I've been thinking through what has this decade been for my family? And I was thinking back and at the beginning of 2010, we were a month from having our firstborn. And so to think like this decade has been marked by parenting. It started with becoming a new parent and um, then adding another child to our family a couple years after that. And I was thinking back to that season of life when everything always felt chaotic and exhausting and crazy and somewhat out of control and emotional and um, just chaos really sums it up. Whether it was surrounding me or inside of me, there was chaos. Um, in that season, I so often found myself just floundering over how I felt about myself, about the world around me. Um, I was emotional. My husband would come home from work and he would say, do you want me to do the dishes or do you want me to hold the baby? And shockingly enough, there were a lot of days where I wanted to do the dishes. And if you know me, you know I hate doing dishes. Um, I just was desperate for I don't even know what. And I didn't know what at that time either. And so in that season of floundering, I really didn't know how to spend time with Jesus. Um, there was no such thing as what my quiet time had once looked like. And I felt so much shame over not being able to get through my Bible study homework. Um, or when I did do it and I would go and I'd sit at this table with women and we'd be discussing it, I just felt so shallow. Like my brain was so consumed with dirty dishes and sippy cups and are they... Um, full of congealed milk. Um, the house was a mess. Has my child pooped enough? Have they pooped too much? Everything. It just felt so overwhelming. I didn't have space for anything. So then I was at my mom's group and our speaker came and she talked about how when she was a young mom, she placed a Bible in every bathroom of her house. So that way, when someone went to the bathroom, they could read their Bible. And it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? We all do poop. 
Like that's something we can acknowledge. And if I'm going to take a little bit of time in the bathroom, why not turn to a Bible app, a Bible study app, and actually use that time for Jesus? And so there I was, a young mom, getting my random break in the bathroom, and I was using the She Reads Truth app, and I was actually finding time with Jesus. And it was phenomenal how he met me there. And um, it was using that way of thinking outside the box of what my time with Jesus had looked like in the past that helped me think through how I could do it differently and how he could still meet me there. Um, I went through other seasons where I would just tell myself, hey, when you're on Facebook, actually pause and read those Bible verses that people post. Instead of scrolling past them, why not let God's word meet you there? Um, I then found different seasons in prayer journaling and Bible studies and all of that. And I feel like I have been on this roller coaster of figuring out what it looks like to spend time with God in the midst of ever-changing seasons and um, just the chaos of being a young family. So throughout all these shifting seasons and um, what I have seen God meet me in and how he is there in simplicity and he's also there in complexity and how I've seen my faith and my time with him grow over the years, what I can look back on now is seeing how there is this thread of contentment that I have been learning along the way. Um, it's been this long, slow journey towards understanding contentment, and I definitely wouldn't say that I've achieved it, but I think I'm getting there. And um and it'll probably go away tomorrow, but that's okay. Um, but I'm talking with other moms and I'm seeing that I'm not alone in feeling like finding time with Jesus seems to go hand in hand with contentment. Um, I think our culture can easily confuse contentment in life with how we achieve it. Like unless you reach a certain point or circumstance, um, contentment might not be there. Or we switch it and we say, well, if I can learn to be content in this house, then God will bless me and give me a bigger house. It's kind of like when I was in high school and college and desperately wanting a boyfriend, I would think like, well, if I could become content in my singleness, then God will give me a boyfriend. Um, strangely, it didn't really work that way. But um, as I've looked into it in the Bible, I'm seeing that it's more than just being pleased with what you have. But this Greek word brings out this full force of it, where contentment is more inward than satisfaction. Um, it's this habit and a state of mind and a state of being. Um, and we see it in 1 Timothy 6, 6, where it says godliness with contentment is great gain. This contentment has nothing to do with belongings, finances, status, material goods, all those things. It has everything to do with your inward state of mind, and it goes hand in hand with your godliness. Um, now, godliness can be overwhelming and scary because you'll be like, oh, I'm not a godly person. I sin. I screw up. I don't focus on God enough. How could I possibly be godly? Um, but godliness supposes knowledge and affection and dependence and submission and gratitude and obedience towards God. So um, if you're growing in your desire to know God, if you're growing in your affection for God, if you're growing in your dependence on him, your submission to him, your gratitude, your obedience, you're being godly. Um, and so your affection for and your dependence on him and your gratitude, all of that goes hand in hand with contentment, this inner state of mind of satisfaction. And so that sounds super spiritual and lofty and really hard to achieve, doesn't it? Like, where does this meet with life? Because um, mom life, I mean, all life is chaotic. There are pressures and stresses and so much that feels out of control. Um, like whether it's your kids' schedules that are dictating your schedule, um, your kids' moods that dictate your mood, all of those things. How do we trade our chaos for contentment? 
maybe isn't it isn't so much of trading as it is an embracing um a conviction and a determination that contentment can be found in the midst of the chaos or even better yet what if contentment actually looked like rest and so that brings me to the verse that we actually had for our elementary kids today but a whole lot more of it and that's Matthew 11:28 through 30 where Jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, that's Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Um, when I've typically thought of this yoke of Jesus's, I've learned about how it's like what the animals would wear, and it's like this harness that helps guide and lead. Um, and when the yoke is shared with another animal, it's not heavy. Instead, they get to work together. And so it's like we get to be yoked to Jesus because he's carrying our burden and he's helping guide us. Um, but I think of it in big terms, like in terms of like, well, yes, my life as a whole should be led by Jesus. Um, but as I'm looking at this idea of contentment, um, what I'm seeing is that rest in the midst of my chaos can happen when I bring individual things in my life under his yoke. Not just saying my life is under his yoke, but getting specific. Um, so like what is causing me chaos and what is so chaotic in my environment? How can I control my reaction to it and bring that under his yoke and let Jesus guide it? Um, for example, um, I become really overwhelmed by the chaos of my house um, and my home when I check out on it. And um, like when I don't keep it tidy, not that I keep my house tidy, please don't think I'm a clean person because I'm so not a clean person. But um, I get overwhelmed and everything feels chaotic. Oftentimes when I have chosen to check out on life through social media, um, I'm beginning to realize just how addicted I am to opening up either Facebook or Instagram. Um, and so it's like this addiction where my thumb just naturally goes over to it and taps it. And I'll be like, wait, I was supposed to text somebody. Why am I watching stories? I just don't get it. But um, I'm realizing it's not that I need to cut out social media. Instead, I need to bring in my tendency to use that um, and bring it under the yoke of Jesus. So I need to go, okay, Jesus, how do you want to order my life and my values? And first, he needs to be first. My time with him, spending time in worship or prayer. And then next, my family comes under that, my husband, my kids. Um, and then my church, my job, the way I volunteer in my kids' school. Um, and then even beyond that, um, I really value being able to go running because that's self-care for me. Um, I mean, really, it's my one time when I feel like my brain shuts down, and I'm not thinking about anybody else. All I'm thinking about is please don't fall down because I'm not that great of a runner. But um, when I've ordered everything that way, I go, okay, how do I evaluate my use of social media within this? How do I put it under the yoke of Jesus? And that's where I go, have I given him some time today. Now, it doesn't mean I can't like hop on Instagram before I've got done my Bible study, but I really want to shift my focus where maybe I've listened to a worship song or a five minute podcast um, called Pray the Word with David Platt, where he reads a Bible verse and then he prays it and it's five minutes. Like, why can't I just do that before I've gone to social media? Um, have the needs of, needs of my family actually been addressed? Um, both immediate or maybe planning ahead? Um, do I have other responsibilities that I'm neglecting or is this an okay break? Do I limit myself? You know, and then I can go, 
it's okay to get on social media right now. Um, but maybe part of bringing it under the yoke of Jesus is also breaking this habit that I have that I can't ever just sit and wait. I always have to be on my phone. Um, and so that's the way I'm like shifting it and bringing it under the yoke of Jesus. And what I'm doing is I'm finding when I do that, I actually feel more at rest and more at peace because I'm trusting him and his guidance and his direction for my life and where my values line up with what I actually do in living it out. Um, there might be other barriers to contentment in other people. Um, maybe you struggle with jealousy over other people's lives. And so that creates chaos for you where you're going, I can't be satisfied when I see that person post a pretty picture of her house. And so what does it look like to bring that under the yoke of Jesus? Um, maybe it isn't so much unfollowing someone, although I'm all for unfollowing people if you need to. Um, maybe it's actually reminding yourself that there's a narrative you're telling yourself that may not actually reflect that that person. They may have a pretty house, but maybe they just take a ton of pictures on the one day it's clean and then it's a mess the other six days of the week. Or maybe they have struggles too. And so instead of having the spirit of jealousy for them, and so recognizing that that's a sin that you need to deal with in your heart, bring that under the yoke of Jesus and ask him to help like to, first for forgiveness and then to take it out and take it away and instead have thankfulness for what you do have and maybe thankfulness for what they have. Um, maybe you're struggling with bitterness towards your husband. What does it look like to bring that under the yoke of Jesus? Um, maybe it first means confessing that you are not helping the unity of your marriage by having this bitterness. Um, maybe it's looking for positives and saying, all right, he may not be meeting this need of mine, but how else is he caring for me or loving me or that kind of thing? Um, it's celebrating and practicing thankfulness for what is there. And then maybe if it's more than that, and it might be sin on his part or brokenness in your relationship, well, then like counseling is fantastic, um, painful, but it can be so helpful. And so that's where bringing it under the yoke of Jesus is saying, all right, Jesus, show me, guide me, help me to see if there's sin in my own heart that needs to be addressed. And then how can I shift my perspective so it's more of you to fall in line with what you're saying? Uh, maybe you need to bring a mental spiral under the yoke of Jesus, that you need to take every thought captive um, to focus on the good, to know that he's not given you a spirit of timidity or fear, but one of power and self-control. Um, maybe you don't connect with me and me talking about my messy house and instead your house is like OCD clean. Um, well, maybe what you need to do is bring under the yoke of Jesus your frustration when anyone messes it up. Like maybe there is bitterness and anger festering inside of you. And you need to say, Jesus, how can I value the people around me even when they make a mess of my cleanliness? Um, or maybe you have this need for escape. Like you just check out, whether it's through books, social media, um, other things that aren't holy. Um, how can you bring those under the yoke of Jesus and to say, how can you help Jesus help me prioritize this to follow you and to pursue you through this struggle, um, all these things. And then as I was talking with moms afterwards at my table, one of them said, all right, here's my struggle. My kids fight. How do I bring their fights under the yoke of Jesus? 
And so what I pointed out was it's actually not their fights that need to be brought under the yoke of Jesus. I mean, hopefully they'll grow in spiritual maturity and they can do that for themselves. But instead, it's your own response and maybe your own treatment of the time leading up to that fight. Um, We had a cousin living with us for a portion of the summer and the shift in dynamic when we added another kid to the environment meant that there were a lot more fights than my kids would normally have between the two of them. And so what it meant is I had to be alert at all times. I was listening and ready to intervene because I knew when I heard certain types of phrases or certain tones of voices, something was going to escalate. And so rather than being able to just check out and have my me time, I was always listening. So that way, when I did hear the escalation start, I could intervene and I could coach them through understanding how you talk to each other, how you treat each other, how you respond when you don't like something that's happening, how you can um, help excuse yourself from a potential situation. And so what I had to bring under the yoke of Jesus wasn't my kids' attitudes, but it was my own attitude towards how my time should be spent or the fact that you would think they'd know better by now, but they don't. And so I had to say, I had to understand that I have been given this privilege of rearing these children and helping guide them toward godly living. And so that's what it looked like was it wasn't bringing them under the yoke as it was so much bringing my own heart, my attitude and my treatment of my time. And let me tell you, I never loved anything more than after bedtime better than I did during that season because that was finally my turn to check out. So we spend time in prayer and we need to be honest with God and ask him to reveal the root of sin in our areas of discontentment. And then we need to realize that Jesus is calling us to a life of rest, rest in him, that even when chaos is still surrounding us, he's offering us rest right now. Um, You actually don't even have to have a set aside time for Sabbath, because let's be honest, us young moms are like, maybe in three years, I'll get to sleep or have some time to myself. Uh, I'm now in the stage where both my kids are in school all day, and it is phenomenal. But Jesus is saying that as life feels like it's spinning around you, you can still find rest in him. And so with all of this, with saying, I'm going to go to Jesus, I'm going to take his yoke on me, and I'm going to find rest. He, God's not using shame to bring us under that yoke. So he, yes, he uses discipline, correction, conviction, all of those things, but no, he does not use shame. So in me talking about looking at the root of sin or what you might need to confess or how you might be, need to shift your own thinking, none of it is meant from a place of shame because it's all coming from a place of love. And Jesus saying, hey, my way is better. My way gives rest. Things might swirl around you, but your mind doesn't have to swirl with it. Your soul doesn't have to swirl with it. It's not that a better quiet time or better time with Jesus is going to fix it. It's that Jesus can fix it. So it's about ordering ourselves under Christ and recognizing that his way is so much better. And it might look different in this season than it looked in the one before or will look in the next one after that. But it's not about control. It's about submission. It's about becoming under his yoke because he's saying, I've got you. I'm right here. And so let him carry your burdens. And sometimes that looks like in a moment, just being like, oh, Jesus, please help me. Jesus, please help me. Other times it might look intentional and long and thoughtful, but whatever it is, he's right there with you. I took this passage, this Matthew 11, 28 to 30, and I kind of rewrote it for the mom. Like Jesus is saying to you, come to me, weary and burdened mama. I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Let me order your values and your priorities. I am not harsh or unkind. I am gentle and humble in heart. In me, you will find rest for your soul, even when you are surrounded by chaos. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Trust me, the grief and pain and harsh realities of the world will still exist. You'll still want and need more sleep, but your soul can find rest in me. Just take my yoke, bring everything under it, and there you will find contentment. Thank you so much for listening along in this first more long form podcast episode. Just something to think about. I love having kind of like a question to ponder after I've heard something new or had a new approach to something. So in regards to this, what is one practical change you could make in your days to help you remember to pursue rest in Jesus and therefore contentment instead of giving into the chaos? Because I can guarantee when we pursue Jesus and we have time with him and we reorder our thought process, only good can come from it. It might feel like a struggle in the process. You might be like me right now going through some instinctual social media tapping withdrawals, but it's worth it. It's worth it to pursue him. So those are just some things to think about and blessings on you as you go about your days and leading your family and taking care of your kids and doing all the other things that might feel like chaos, but in the end, they can totally be brought under the yoke of Jesus. 